listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 53 on Ed Reach. Bloomin' from Down Under. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, May 19th, 12. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network. EdReach.us, giving education a voice. Uh, Jerry? Nope, I'm not doing it. We don't, <laughs> have, we don't have a guest. Oh no my one's going to do it. A blooming big voice. <laughs> <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I am Zach. And I'm Jerry, and you'll probably remain smarter if you turn this podcast off now. <laughs> and uh, uh, go ahead, Jerry. Uh, my name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher from Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host, who also seemed to lost his voice and manlyhood. Uh, I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois, and yes, that was my voice. Uh <laughs> So you're not doing the, a big voice unless we have a guest? No, it's not going to happen unless we have a guest. Okay, so now i got to come up with different voices. Yep. <laughs> great, great. So what's been going on this week? You uh, had Wednesday, didn't you? Yeah, Big Stuff Wednesday. We had uh, our final meeting of our virtual world club. So it was cool. The students presented what was their their kind of final project, which was they, they divided up a land segment and – um, we considered it Chicago 2112. Oh, yes. That's a good. Um, so uh, the students had to build what they thought the city would be like 100 years in the future. So it was, it was a great project because kids had to uh, they had to plan together. Um, so, you know, one kid took on like trash and recycling and how we would deal with those issues a hundred years from now, you know, and energy. And then another kid took on entertainment. Another kid took on you know, um, like, uh, home living and stuff like that. So it was pretty interesting. And then cause it's a virtual world, we had some guests come in to, to view this project and each of the kid kids talked about their build and how they planned and what they went through. And we ended up with, uh, a couple guests from Indiana, Michigan, two from Taiwan. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was cool. We got also known as Formosa for, excuse me. It's I'm a history geek. Just stop. Just go on. Mimosa. Um, yeah. So uh, so it was cool. It was fun. You know, the kids like I think they were a little freaked out at first because we we had been warning them like you know when this thing gets up and running you're going to have to explain it to other people and and uh, people came on and asked real questions and there were a couple art educators big name art educators that came on you know and uh, now like the kids would have known their name anyway I knew. Them, but, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, you were people, excited. I was really, really, yeah, I was, I was super excited. Um, and, uh, it was cool though, you know, and then some of the people from Taiwan even, and, uh, they were able to communicate with these kids. And I think it's actually, you know, it's, it's weird because you almost lose, this is the first time I'd seen this in a virtual world where, you know, kid, these kids are so used to communicating with people from other other areas, you know, because a lot of them are like gamers mm-hmm. online, it doesn't even really phase them. And like, you didn't know where the person was from. And because their avatars were like guest accounts, right? Weren't real descriptive about the people. And so you just knew them as like guest 14 or guest 15. And right. I knew where they were all from. So I was like, oh, crazy. 
they're talking yeah. to someone in Taiwan. Yeah. And the kids are just told about the phrase. They're like, yeah, I built this because uh, I like it. And I was like, <laughs> man, it, you know, they're just totally unfazed, I guess. So it's interesting that there must be a new, that'll be a new thing for, you know, communication has become so easy, so commonplace across borders now. that huh, as, long, as long as they know English. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's, well, it, that's, 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 that bothers me, but did you know? I wish, <laughs> I, I wish we knew more languages, and I'm I'm, oh, I'm guilty I, of that too. I completely agree. We we should. But. Yeah. So that's no, that's very cool. It was uh, it was fun having week. those kids interact. Mm-hmm. And yourself, what'd you do this week? Um, Are you done uh, now? Are you? Uh, no, no, no. It, well, next Wednesday. So wow. this is one of the earliest outs I can ever remember. Yeah. So the 23rd is our is my well, it's the hour and a half day. Um, that's which is crazy anyway, but you know, that's, yeah, that's our last day. And last year we went into June and we started in early August this year. We, uh, end in, you know, May towards late May and we will start later in August. So we actually almost have like two extra weeks this summer that didn't have last summer. So it's, it's going to be, uh, interesting. So more time to educate myself. Mm-hmm. to do more Ed Game podcast, Ed mm-hmm. Gamer podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, this week was very interesting because I have my one-to-one device. Well, it's not really true one-to-one, but I have my laptops in the classroom. And overall, they're doing very well, and the kids uh, like them. And we're just finding out little tricks uh, and how to use them. Uh, some kids have completed projects, so they're just like, okay, what do I do? So I had a list of things that I wanted to have test out, tested out. One of them, well, one assignment was to write down the positives and negatives of using these devices or using them in the classroom, and then also write down some uh, helpful advice for your teachers for next year. So all these kids were so excited about, you know, doing that and putting, getting that done, letting me know, but also trying to let you know the seventh grade teachers know yeah. uh, what to do. And of course, a lot of them talked about games. And, you know, I've had some kids here in the last few days that have worked ahead, got stuff done, and they're just like, you know, can I go here? Can I do this? You know, I've had several students ask about civilization, you know, playing that, and a few surprises where I was just like, wow, you know, I, I didn't think they got into it as much as as what they were showing at the end of the year. So they're just like, are we going to do this next year? And I go, I don't know. It really doesn't fit as well with U.S. history, but it can. I mean, you can you can set it up that way, but. Some of the teachers uh, in seventh grade, uh, it's just stepping stones. Sure. So I have, there's some that I think would be ready. There's some very cool interactive things for uh, U.S. history, beginning U.S. history. But getting back to you know what I did this week, that, so civilization was one thing that the kids played a little bit. And I really got into the Brain Pop, um, the games on Brain Pop, which is through Filament Games, iCivics. There's science, social studies, math you know, language arts, and probably the top game that was played this week was Coaster, I think it's called Coaster Creator, and it basically you have a starting point, you have an end point, and you have to get the coaster to slow down and not hit the the barrier at the end, and so it talks about, uh, you know, uh, potential and kinetic, I think I'm doing that right, kinetic force, Um, they're doing loop-de-loops and they're they're adding more weight they're taking weight off you know adding more cars you know less people you know there's all these different things that they're doing and, and trying to get it to stop and that was pretty cool there was another one where they're uh 
kind of mess around with their own little solar system. Kind of like that universe sandbox, which we talked about, okay. but this is in a much smaller scale. And I don't think is, is, is pro- probably not as accurate, but it's pretty good. And the, 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 what the kids were ultimately, some of them were, what they were trying to do was to see if they can make planets crash into each other. <laughs> so that was their, that was their goal, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of what, you know, this week has been, uh, part of, um, a little side note, the, um, you know, I have my Lord of the Rings, uh, literature group and they've been working on, uh, creating a, a video, a mo- you know, movie, a book trailer, anything like that. And the ultimate goal is to show learning of the first book, the fellowship of the ring okay. part of the trilogy. So they've been putting together some photo stories, uh, I think I had a kid, a couple kids do PowerPoint. You know, some of the newer stuff in the um, in the newest version of Office. Well, what is it, 2010? Uh, there's some cool things in there. It's more like they've started adding things like Prezi, Prezi type effects. Yeah. Into it, uh, which is nice. But then we got a lot of kids that are using Movie Maker and other uh, video uh, productions. I, I think we have one kid using an iMovie. Cool. And these they have Max, they have Max in their house, and looking forward to Monday viewing those. So that's kind of um, it's kind of a fun. It's not a game, but it's inter- interactive and it's it's fun to see. But that kind of gets into you know that creation and talking about you know you were talking about people from Taiwan, formerly known as Formosa. That's our fun uh, history fact of the day. Uh, we got an email uh, to Ed Gamer from uh, a person in Australia, and she basically talked about um, she just got introduced to the the podcast from Ed Reach. And loving hearing this, but she's from Melbourne, um, Australia. So she's a teacher, I think librarian. And she talked about how we've decided to uh, be associated with the study of, they are working on ancient Egypt and they're wanting to use Minecraft to help teach uh, information about ancient Egypt. And so it looks like um, they're doing it during lunch. As a lunchtime activity, I don't know if they're doing that within the classroom. But uh, so the other part that she uh, she sent information about was we talked about Bloom's taxonomy mm-hmm. and applying Bloom's taxonomy to game design or you know games that are out there. And Jerry, um, what do you think of what she sent us? I, this is an incredible resource. I actually this is probably one of the most professional, well put together things that I've seen on the subject. I I was really excited about it. I think it's cool. So it's basically an article. Uh, it's called Flip It from Flip It Consulting. It's Dr. Barbie Honeycutt, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully we can give her some hits on her website. Yeah. We'll have those. We'll have those in the show notes. And she is uh, from uh, Lucas Gillespie territory in North mm-hmm. Carolina, but she's put this um, consulting group together, and she has this article. That basically says applying Bloom's taxonomy to game design. So the introduction talks about, you know, Bloom's taxonomy, and then it, it basically goes into the competence, which is the knowledge, comprehension, application, analysis, synthesis, evaluation. Now I think this is the older Bloom's. I think there's a newer version, and I just haven't gotten to know that as well. Um, but it talks about skills demonstrated. You want to talk about that, Jerry? Um. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Uh, it up. We're, trying, we're trying to sound like professional, you know. Well, even though... I was already readying my next thought, which is, oh, um, I like page three. 
page three is really cool. That's that's the the part that I like because that breaks it down into essentially three different tiers. Right. So knowledge and comprehension in one, and then it gives game examples of like you know those those. Let's see, what did we call those? Not really edutainment, but like simple games. I guess kind of edutainment. Wheel of Fortune, fill in the blanks. You know, Jeopardy stuff like that. Yeah. And then application analysis in number two. So you get crosswords, role-playing games, simulation games, and then synthesis and evaluation being like the highest tier. Um, murder mystery games, simulation games, enhanced. Um, and then it gives a description of what it considers each of those games, you know, the qualities that each of those games should have. I like That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Is yeah. Like, so it, it's, it's a process here. It basically shows the, the pyramid, then it explains each of the... Uh, parts of blooms and then like jerry said the third part was uh the levels and then the roles of the instructor trainer and students which i think is wonderful so it puts comprehension and knowledge together um you know instructor designs all review questions um chooses content controls the pace of the game players answer questions can self-assess their knowledge and then like what jerry said bingo memory crosswords you know, Monopoly, uh, Wheel of Fortune. So, yeah, I really like how it breaks it down. It gives the roles of each of the people and where it fits in with Blooms, and then it gives examples of of what can be done, um, what games can be used. So, Bingo. you know, go, what's that? Bingo. Bingo. Uh, so the one at the bottom, because I always like looking at synthesis and evaluation. We always try to work to the, the highest part of the, the pyramid. Mm-hmm. And basically... Instructor provides rules and overview of the game, does not assist in any way. Players lead discussion. This is more constructivist, you know. Players lead discussion and problem solving. Players work out frustrations and disagreements. They evaluate the process, and the instructor facilitates debriefing. And then off the side, it talks about murder mystery, simulation games, um, I don't know, enhanced and monopoly-type games. So I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing uh, what type of games. So we're talking about Minecraft or Civilization. Um, the creation of, uh, we talked with Lucas with Portal 2, where they can create different uh, levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're trying to, you can create these things and then being able to evaluate. So you create, let's say you create a, a level within uh, Portal 2. Well, in order to evaluate that level, you have to have all the nov- knowledge at the lower levels of learning and be able to make an evaluation say this is good or this is bad or this needs some work and you can you can really nitpick at it and see the different parts mm-hmm. uh, I always love doing um, trials we used to do uh, trial simulations one of the teachers in our in my in my grade level does a trial of Socrates and the kids put on the trial so you know it being able to actively do that and see it at all different levels is is, is kind of fun so that's um, being able to evaluate. So I just wanted to give an example of that. So you could create your own. Well, I've had students in the past do civilization where they've uh, created their own um, uh, scenarios. They created their own scenarios. I think you're looking for the word scenario. Okay, so they create their own scenarios. But, you know, as a teacher, I can see that at the highest levels and I can judge and evaluate that those scenarios. But isn't it better to... Well, you kind of flip it, you know. You say, okay, uh, have the other students students look at it and be able to evaluate it and say this is 
these are the good parts, these are the bad parts, here's some things you can improve. And don't you kind of do that a little bit with kind of your design stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I like, I think the thing that I like about this whole grid is it kind of talks about, um, remember last week when we were talking about, you know, how, how to, I think it was last week, um, how to get some teachers involved in using more games in the classroom and we're like, well, sometimes you need those simple education games to get, you know, teachers just into the habit of playing games and then they build up into this final process, which is that top level. Um, and I think this is a great way to describe that for, for teachers. Like, you know, you can almost see like, okay, where am I at in the classroom? You know, I, I like to use games in the classroom, but am I still in this, this initial stage of knowledge and comprehension where I'm just working with, you know, where, where I still have all this control or have I worked up to this higher level, which gets into those games. Like you're talking about those, um, more advanced things for, for students and higher yeah. learning skills. So it's, uh, I, I think this is great. I think this is exactly what we were looking at. Uh, I think we need to get a hold of, uh, Dr. Honeycutt. Yeah, and see if we can get her on and, and kind of discuss this because this is uh, some good stuff. Yeah, much thanks to our listener for passing this along because yes. this is this is really and not like we have. I mean, obviously we we hadn't seen this or heard of this person yet, so we still have a lot to learn. But you and I go through quite a bit of of googling education and gaming. And, oh yeah, um, this is one of the most well put together things I've come across. This is yeah. pretty cool. And we're I, not let's being put, paid by Flippit Consulting. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and uh, I have, uh, yeah, you're right. We we do a lot of researching and and finding information, and I'm I'm very surprised that I haven't run across this before because this is this is top quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, um, anything else going on? We kind of I know we have kind of a short show, <laughs> short show today. Um. Uh, Are you looking I'm, forward to some gaming this summer when your school eventually gets out, like in a month? God, yeah, seriously. Um, we we go we we include all our snow days in, so we're going till mid June. But um, seriously, yeah. But I, I'm getting excited. You know, I, I I'm coming to a point in my teaching, um, seven years in, where you know the things that I teach in art are shifting slowly because I we have different needs every year. So some, sometimes I'm teaching some things and sometimes teaching another, which I actually, I prefer, um, I think is a good, good skill for a teacher. Cause there, I think there are a lot of the teachers, I, I think it was this show when we were bringing that up, you know, you, the difference between a teacher who's been teaching for 30 years and a teacher who's taught the same year 30 times. Yeah. Um, I'll never have that problem, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah. I, I, kind of enjoy the fact that my curriculum changes so often so that keeps me on my toes but i think i've settled down because i think it takes six or seven years to really settle into um you know just general we don't talk a lot about this but this is still an educational you know network so like just your general teaching skills not necessarily classroom you know behavior or classroom uh what's the word i'm looking for now it's not scenario <laughs> classroom management skills. Yeah. Um, you know, in a lot of that has now become second nature to me. You know, I feel like I have like a, a real distinct teaching style. So now I feel that I'm really going, you know, outside of the box and looking for it. I think it's kind of a fun time to be at this part of your teaching career. Cause when you're younger, you're like, 
you really want to bring in all these ideas, but you're still dealing with like, where's the teacher's lounge and what am I going to eat for lunch? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there, How long there's still you other teaching? things on your plate. Seven years. Okay. Yeah, you're just a young pup. I know. Yeah. So yeah, there's certain things that I've, you know, there's certain lessons that I have that are still good. I still change them. I still yeah. adjust them. Uh, but the, the main ideas and concepts behind them are, um, have changed. There's some things that I've done in the past that, man, I thought I was, it's like, uh, I thought it was totally on. I thought it was really good, but this year I've looked at it and I've had others look at it and question. And I'm just like, you're right. I, this is not exactly, it's good, but it could be better. Hmm. Um, that's, those are some of the things I'm looking at. And especially with one-to-one next year and then trying to figure out, okay, what games can I, well, when you start with the, First of all, start with the goal. You know what? What are my goals for learning? And then if if games can, you know, if game is a good tool to use, then I can use it. So yes, I enjoy using games. I want <laughs> I want to use them. But yeah, you always I always have to stop myself. What what's my goal? Mm-hmm. Will games be the the best way? Just like with the kids with computers, uh, you know, for the how many weeks I've had them now sometimes the kids are just like, I'm just going to use my book to find this. It's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. No, I agree. I, there are certain things it's just so much easier just to look in a book. And I get some weird comfort from that too. Just, I, I you know, I think people get so caught up in technology and then they're like, well, this is going to change everything. And, and, and I am, I consider myself extremely open to change. One of my favorite quotes is be open to everything and attached to nothing. Um, but uh, I I think that, you know, I found myself trying to do a research paper off of a book on a Kindle and it was driving me crazy. Like, you know, (laughs) and it even was cool because like on the, not on a Kindle, it was on like a Kindle app on my computer and I could highlight and um, copy something and paste it into my paper and it would quote, you know, like it would even put the, the, uh, the citation in with it which was mm-hmm. awesome. But mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to flip back one page and, and look at something, you know, and it was like, <laughs> I just wanted the book for a second. Yeah. It's like, just exactly. give me my book. Exactly. You know? and, and that's, that's kind of good. I think that's okay. I don't think yeah. that's bad in any, in any way. Sometimes it's okay to go, uh, go low fi. Yeah. So that's where, you know, looking at this stuff, this applying Bloom's taxonomy to game design, um, you know, it, it's good stuff. But, yeah. You know, make sure you look at what is your goal. What are you trying? What's your learning outcome that you want? And if a game is the best way to do that, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. So we'll have this linked um, and have it out there. And I think that's about it, Jerry. It's a short one today, but that's okay. It's, it's a really good one. I like this. It, it's so good. Hopefully, we can contact some of these people and yeah, thank especially thank our, uh, listener, our for... listener from uh, Down Under. Mm-hmm. She gave us the blooming from, you know, bloom down under. Okay, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Say something else in, in Australian speak. I, I can't do that. Come on. I'm, not, not, hanging up. I'm not hanging up this call until you do. <laughs> Isn't bad. Did you hear me? I said, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> okay. Crocodile Dundee. I'm sorry. I've probably insulted many people. Paul Hogan, first of which. Yeah. 
It's bad. I'm an American. Why did I know that off the top of my head? That's disturbing. That's even more disturbing. <laughs> you didn't know that, didn't you? Yes. They're wonderful people in Australia. Okay, I'm going to have to edit this somewhere. And cut.